Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Yeah, it's a feel-good Friday hanging out with you. DriveHubler.com studios. Wake Up Call here on the fan on this Friday. Ross Tucker going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. A great Pacers win last night. Bob Myers of ESPN had some interesting thoughts on this Siakam trade. I want to get to that. The combine at least for another year through 2025 staying here in Indy. I have some thoughts on that. I'm sure you guys do as well. But before the break... A confession, a T.J. McConnell confession from Kevin Bowen. So it's 740. That's what I need to get my morning going is a confession. So what do you got for us? Let's go. You know, he is such a treasure. Uh, and, and I was reminded of that for, you know, the umpteenth time last night watching him out there. And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, you know, whatever. As a young father, you know, what, what do you want your kids to be when they grow up? You know, <laughs> okay. you certainly want Max Bowen to be. Uh, he, you want him to be respectful. You want him to treat women in the right way. You know, you want him to be a loyal friend. I'd love for him to have uh, great golf course uh, etiquette. A, no, and IQ. A, Notre Dame, a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, well, yeah. a, a fighting Irish. Fix your divots. <laughs> that goes without saying. The last part, Notre Dame basketball fandom is a non-starter. He'll be out of the house very early if uh, that is not there. I I also want him to play basketball like T.J. McConnell. Okay. And right, I explain. Now, now I mean, jump shot a good wise, player. Okay. Hopefully he gets his mom's jumper. Um, again, I, I, I'm not worried about the jump shot. If you grow up in Indiana, there's no way you don't have uh, a successful jump shot. But damn, Andy, that dude, it, it, it's just, um, it's a joy to watch him. It, it's a joy to watch him on both ends of the floor. Um, the pace he plays with, the decision making, you know, obviously it's a lot of cliche words, but... They also define him, like the craftiness to it, you know, how he knows kind of angles and positions on the floor. And uh, he can sense really well, I feel like, when he has that slight advantage and how to take advantage oh, he of can, that. He can get to the bucket. He had a play last night. Was it around Sabonis where he did the dribble to the right baseline, spun left? That was had, beautiful. Had the reverse. Yeah. Got, he missed it, he but, he got the one. Yeah, yeah, but he got yeah. fouled and went to the went to the line. Yeah, there was another play. I forget if it was Malik Monk or Keegan Murray on him, which obviously Monk and Murray much taller than him, and he just used the rim beautifully and was able to also get to the line there. Uh, again, it's just such an absolute joy watching him play. And boy, on a night like last night, when you don't have Halliburton, when you don't have Nemhard, man, did you need him. I mean, you needed him. And I thought Buddy Heald actually, and I say actually because you don't think of assists for Buddy mm-hmm. Heald. He passed the ball, um, yeah. He did a really nice job with that. But boy, I hope Max Bowen plays like TJ McConnell. He has, really a, he has a little flip of the hair, too, does McConnell? At the, the, yeah, he, I don't care about the hair. Uh, Max, I don't know if we can get a two-for-one if we grow hair indy for Max one day. Hey, your hair's looking good, by the way. When you take the hat off, I, you, yeah. I can I can absolutely oh. tell uh, that it's, yeah, I, absolutely. It's looking it good. The modern-day Jesus is yeah. uh, uh, modern day what Jesus. you're looking at here? That'll be by yes. summer 2024. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Grow it out. Certainly. Uh, but it looks good. No, McConnell, I don't he know is... how I'm going to rank those, you know, uh, being a loyal friend. <laughs> Uh, being respectful, treating women right, right wanting to right. play basketball like T.J. McConnell. Yeah, fighting I, I Irish, I, right. I might have to re-rank those at times, but gosh, what a joy. I, I will say this, covering this team, this is my first, you know, obviously my first year covering this team. McConnell is more valuable than I thought before the season. And he has had games where he, he's had stretches, he's had weeks where he hasn't played Forget about playing three or four minutes where he hasn't played, and then boom, you can throw him in the starting lineup. Rick Carlisle has to feel, he has to feel comfortable when he puts him in the game. There's like a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a backup quarterback feel to it, but there's just a calming influence knowing he is on your roster. And I think the thing, too, with a guy like Nemhard, because that, that was the question, okay, are you stunting Andrew Nemhard at all mm-hmm. by playing McConnell as much as you do? The thing about Nemhard is, again, he could be a nice option off the ball. Off the like ball, he yeah. does not have to it's be a mid-range game, sure. that every night point guard. And Again, to use a backup quarterback analogy, I almost feel like having a third point guard, if you want to label McConnell as that, it's just kind of necessary over 82 nights. You, you inevitably have one of these nights. And again, last night, there was some trade deadline stuff that influenced the Pacers' lack of availability. But 
you know, Halliburton and, and Nemard were both hurt. Like, even if you did have uh, Siakam last night or, you know, you hadn't done the trade yet and Bruce Brown is still playing for you, you know, you would have needed a point guard to handle all of that. So uh, I will say it all morning long. Last night was my favorite win of the season. When, when you look at the availability, when you look at what Sacramento had, the West Coast trip nature to it, Buddy Heald's getting booed on every touch back in Sacramento. Uh, that was such a beautiful night of basketball by a lot of guys that were in roles, Andy, that they probably won't be in the rest of this season, frankly. Uh, just a great, great win by Indiana last night. Yeah, you got to see some young guys step up. Shepard Walker, obviously Jairus Walker, everyone's watching. Last one before we get to this sound. In the month of January, how many minutes per game do you think T.J. McConnell's playing? I just looked it up. Just, oh, in, just in January. Uh, 26. 22. I mean, that's a lot of, that's, I mean, of course, there's some games where he's... What was he last night? Uh, he was 33 last night, so obviously... Really? That, I thought he played more than yeah, that. Yeah, he was 33 minutes, 19 Utah, 19 Denver, 25 Atlanta, 22 uh, Washington. So he's vital to this team, and he's been good this season. All right, I want to play these two clips for you. Uh, I, I think, and I'll list them here in a second, I think there's two reasons... I want to play a piece of sound, and then I want to give you two reasons, and we'll play another piece of sound. This is from Bob Myers of ESPN. We talked so much yesterday about Siakam and the trade and you know the flexibility that they did give up with the flexibility that remains to make another move and you know we we did our Siakam conversation yesterday and then after the show I got thinking there's there are two kind of sitting in front of our face here two other reasons maybe why the Pacers did it before we get to that quickly here's Bob Myers yesterday on the Woj podcast uh talking about the Siakam trade now Bob Myers is one of the architects of the Golden State Warriors and what they built with Clay Thompson and Curry and Draymond and everything else. So take a listen. It's about 40 seconds, and then I'll play something else for you as well. It was the hole they needed. If you talk to Kevin Pritchard, that was what they were looking for, a wing that could score, defend. I mean, Siakam's the best one on the market, the best one that I think was attainable for this Pacers team. Um, but as far as, as far as what do they look like now, a better version of what they were. I don't think it changes them entirely, but I do think they become a team that should maybe have designs on a second round, uh, possibly if they can get up to that 4-5 or five seed, but they've given the Bucks problems, as everybody knows. Uh, Siakam probably helps them defensively. It doesn't hurt them offensively. So it's fine. And, and again, Indiana, even with cap space, I'm not sure they were getting a better player uh, in free agency, so they decided to kind of take away the unknown and go get Siakam. All right, so I think I think all that's fair, right? And we understand what could have been available in free agency. They get to cut the line now to get a deal done, a help on defense, uh, perhaps just a little bit. We know offensively Siakam's good. Now, the two reasons that I wanted to throw your way that we could talk about here is we've talked about this team being ahead of schedule. And I think you looked at that and said, hey, they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Does that mean that we wait, right? I mean, that's been one thing you've talked about. Or do you go for it? And I think that's ultimately what the Pacers decided. And the other thing, and he mentioned it a little bit there, is, you know, how many guys are actually going to be available? This position is hard to find guys that are just readily available. So take a listen. Here's Bob Myers and Woj talking about Siakam. Finding a small forward in this modern NBA is almost impossible. You know, if you don't draft the guy, getting one in free agency, there just aren't any. So this was the path, this was the way, and then they executed it. You, you said it earlier, Bob, and it, it's very simple, but people sometimes don't understand how hard it is to acquire a very good player. I'm not sure Siakam's a great player, but he's a two-time All-Star. He's a very good player. And especially that position, they are hard to get. Oh, yeah. Well, no doubt. I am hard because everybody wants them, right? They fit every team. So if you're looking for a center um, or you're trying to trade a center, requires there's centers all over. There's one guy that plays center on your team, usually one guy. A wing player, like you take guys like Mikel Bridges, these guys, OG Anobi, that were traded, have high, higher value than the public might think because you can fit them on any team. It's funny, when we traded for, or we signed, it was a sign-and-trade, but in free agency, got Iguodala. A lot of people thought, this was in 2000, I think, 12. Mm -hmm. Why would you sign Iguodala? You've got Harrison Barnes. So our thinking was, you can never have enough wings. I think at the time, it was a little bit of a um, unique way of thinking. 
But our position was, let's get as many of these guys as we can and let them figure it out. That's what Siakam can be. He can be a three, four, um, multiple positions. You can plug him in. He can he can catch the ball. He can not. He can defend multiple positions. So that's why those guys carry so much value, and that's why they're so hard to attain. It was a really good listen. Yesterday, Bob Myers, like Andy said, the architect of, uh, of the Warriors, along with Adrian Wojnarowski. There was another clip in there that they had mentioned um, that basically the presence of Tyrese Halliburton allows the Pacers to play up a market in regards to these sorts of deals. And it was a really unique way, I thought, to describe what Halliburton means to this rebuild. And, you know, at times, Andy, I thought I was overdoing it a little bit with the Team USA stuff, but I'm even more bullish on it than ever of, I I truly think Halliburton allows the Pacers to do that. Where now, these sorts of moves become even more realistic, and the mutual interest from the other party is there. I mean, there's several things. We'll, we'll he- hear from Siakam, obviously, in the coming days. But there are several, you know, whatever, stories, um, national, local, with the Toronto angle of, like, Siakam having an immense amount of mutual respect for Indiana. Clearly, his agent made those public comments. And, you know, when I look at that Team USA from last fall, and guys like Paulo Boncaro, guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., guys like Mikhail Bridges, I-, I don't think it's that far-fetched to think at some point the Pacers could be... A, a in pursuit of some of those guys because sure. of Halliburton. Sure. And I know it's a lot to put on one guy. Well, and if they keep winning more, if Siakam comes in here and they jump up from sure. you know mid-40s in wins yeah. to up into the 50s in wins. If you're showing up in April May, to Bob sure. Meyer's point, you know, again, this is a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in six years, hasn't won a series in nine years. Like, yes, you're going to have to show up in April and May, but there is a real appeal to what is here. I did find this really interesting. Sam Amick from The Athletic had a story uh, on this deal yesterday, and he pointed out that Siakam was always a big fan of Miles Turner and wanting to play with Miles. And then I guess for those unfamiliar with Siakam's game or maybe unfamiliar with why that would be the case, Siakam is kind of an old-school four-man in a way. Like, you throw the ball into him in the post, and you let him be crafty. You let him spin move. You let him use his length and be, you know, it's not a David West type of player. Like, he's going to face up and he's going to bang you and things like that. But again, he is a boom. You throw it into him Mm -hmm. in the post and you let him do his thing. Well, if you have a center that clogs up the paint and can't stretch the floor, that allows another defender to kind of hang by Siakam. Um, So Siakam has always coveted a guy like Turner because Turner can stretch the floor. He can space it a little bit. And, you know, when you, Andy, when you think about how many times Turner's been rumored with trades, Toronto's been kind of high atop the list. You know, the thinking of Toronto would want. That's a good point. They would want Turner, sure. So now all of a sudden, he comes here, and he's going to get that. And what does that do? And that might be something that, you know, when I listed my likes and questions of the trade back when I tweeted that out earlier in the week, on that like list was, he's an elite scorer, creator from the four, he's a great passer. I might even be, even though... I was kind of bullish on that at the start. More of my questions were defensively age, you know, three first round picks and two hundred and fifty million to, to to that type of player. Um, I might have undersold the offense, which part of me is like, can the offense even get better? Well, like, yeah, it, the it, offense it, is already, so good. We no, yeah, it's yeah. Already, it makes it, sense why you would think that such an historic rate. But I do think there are a lot of people. And Bob Myers said it that look at his fit offensively with Turner. Whatever. We'll see if Heald is here after the trade deadline. Like it, it could get to a higher ceiling because the spacing in Toronto wasn't the same that it's going to be here in Indiana. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's first to one fifty, but you know, if you can, if you're great at something, and, and hell, you can, you know, it's like us. You know, hey, you're great. You're having a great radio show. Okay, how can you have a better radio show, right? And that's one reason. You know, I just, I just think for me, I just got thinking about it. It's like when you're when when I heard those conversations between Myers and Woj, I'm thinking. Even though you have Halliburton, okay? Even though you have him and he's locked up long term and it's a good young team and it's a it's a it's a good up and coming organization and Carlisle's won a championship and everything else, these types of guys are still hard to find. And I think that whether it's free agency or in trades, that I think that is a huge piece of this that the Pacers found, hey, this is a difficult type of player to find and he is absolutely attainable and then when you throw in my second point of you're ahead of schedule 
you know, I'm not saying this against you, but you've seen that as you, you don't need to hurry. They see it as let's pounce, perhaps. And I think those are two reasons. And yesterday, I wasn't concrete on this, but now looking at it, I think the expectation for them, you may disagree with this. To me, it's being the five seed. Okay, that that's okay. So I'm saying Boston, oh, Milwaukee. I, I would say at least. I mean, I said five or six seed at the start. Well, of the anyway, season. well, so, I, I wasn't so sure of that. Yeah, okay. I, I so, guess. Uh, and so you know, those top three with Philly and Milwaukee. Even though you played so great against Milwaukee and Boston, I'm going to leave those alone. But then you get into Miami, New York, and Cleveland. I, I think one of those teams. I mean, the Knicks have been, you know, when they made the trade for OG Ananobi, that has done wonders for them. And you yeah, know, Miami, they, New York are starting to play yeah, a lot. Miami, Miami has that championship medal. You know, they have that, hey, we're going to win some games here. I think, though, you, you know, Cleveland, be better than them. Come on. I, I think one of those teams will end up being better than the Pacers or having a better record than the Pacers, but not all three of those teams. So I've settled in on, you know, they make this move. Perhaps they make another move, even if not, and but. Buddy Heald is here. You know, I'm using him or Obi Toppin is here for the remainder of the season. Uh, I think you're if you're a Pacer fan, if you want to say four seed, I have no problem with that. But I've probably settled in now where instead of, yeah, it'd be nice to be the five seed. Oh, no. Now you're the five seed. Again, last night for me, it was my favorite win of the Pacers season. We'll certainly hit more on that throughout the show. We'll see if Pascal Siakam suits up tonight, if Tyrese Halliburton suits up tonight. There seems like there are some possibilities for that. It'll be 10 o'clock in Portland for that one. A lot of Pacers conversation throughout the show. On the other side, though, we have not talked a lot about the, the divisional round of the playoffs. One of our favorites. We'll throw some Colts questions his way as well. Ross Tucker joins us. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Next. Hey, appreciate you joining us on this Friday, broadcasting live from the Drive, Hubler.com studios. KB and Andy hanging out with you on the wake-up call. Reminder, take it slow. I, I don't see, I'm looking at, at WIBC right now, Mark. I, I don't see too many issues on the road, but it's snowy. It's uh, Sounds like it's growing it, a little yeah, bit, though. Yeah, I, so. I, I don't want to curse it. It's only yeah. 801, so I don't want to do that, but we'll keep uh, you updated abreast of all the situations. There should remind you as well, we will have on our air coming up tomorrow, Texans and Ravens, 4 o'clock right here uh, on the fan. Alright, let's talk some NFL. It is kind of a football Friday. Ross Tucker joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline at Ross Tucker NFL. You want to follow him on Twitter. He's the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Always a great follow. Ross, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, my pleasure. Great to talk with you guys. I'm doing awesome. It sounds like it's snowing there because it's snowing here in uh, central Pennsylvania right now. I'm sure. I'm sure it's snowing uh, there in snowing Pennsylvania at this point. Yeah, we have uh, a couple inches on the ground here. Not too bad, but you know how people drive when you get any snow on the uh, on the interstate. So that's what we're dealing with this morning. Before we dive into the coaching carousel, which is just you know off the hook right now, and obviously the four big games coming up on Saturday and Sunday, uh, just locally here, you know, the Colts a couple plays away from making the playoffs, and you know we found out the next day could have won the AFC South and. They they did so with uh, without Anthony Richardson for the most part. I guess let's start there. What did you make of the Colts season and kind of going forward, the team that Chris Ballard's trying to put together here? Yeah, I mean, I guess you start with the head coach who it certainly seems like you got the right guy, and I'm not surprised by that. You guys know I do the Eagles preseason games on TV, and I do a lot of work for the Eagles, so... I was around Shane quite a bit the last couple of years and really, really impressive. Certainly seemed like the Eagles uh, missed him this year, not having him to, to solve some of the issues that they were having. So 
that's a great place to start with having a head coach that you feel like is a is a is a future star and that you got the right guy. For him to be able to get the production that he got out of that offense this year without Richardson, with a backup in Minshew and with Jonathan Taylor out for as many games as he was and Moss getting hurt. I mean, just to me, really impressive. I thought the defense definitely took a step forward with Gus Bradley. The the big negative for the season, and you guys know this, is just not getting Anthony Richardson the game reps that everybody will tell you unanimously that he really needs, right? He's still raw. He's not that experienced in college. He needs to play, and he didn't really get a chance to play very much this year, unfortunately, because of the shoulder injury. And then there's a whole other component of that, which is, you know, it seems like he got hurt. I mean, you guys would tell me, but did he get hurt three times in four games? I mean, I, was it two concussions? You'd have to go through. All I know is he got hurt multiple times in not that many games, and that's concerning because the running element is a big, big factor in what he brings. Yeah, it was actually four times in four games. Uh, what was it? Knee. I'm trying to think. Knee, ankle, concussion, shoulder, shoulder. And concussion, yeah. as well. He is Ross Tucker, one of our favorites, of course, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I want to stick kind of Colts AFC South related for one more Ross. Um, which AFC South fan base should feel the best about their team moving forward? Oh, I mean the Texans. Yeah, it's the Texans because. They very much exceed expectations this year, and they have a star quarterback. I mean, they they should feel as good, if not better, than you guys were feeling after Andrew Luck's rookie year. I mean, Stroud had a ridiculous year, and I really thought he could be a good player, but I thought he would struggle just because Things are so much harder than they are at Ohio State, you know, where all your receivers are first-round picks and your offensive tackles are both NFL starters, and it's just a lot lot cleaner pockets. For Stroud to be this good this early and Will Anderson and what he's done, I I would feel best right now if I'm a Texans fan. The Jags, you got to be concerned on a lot of different levels. The Titans are rebuilding. I think if you're the Colts, you feel pretty good. You just don't really know for sure, I guess, what you have in Anthony Richardson, which is the big question mark there, that and the and the injuries. Talking some NFL, Ross Tucker here with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mike McCarthy keeps his job in Dallas. That was announced, what, yesterday, the day before. Uh, and then I know close to, to where you are, Nick Sirianni. Uh, good God, after going to the Super Bowl 10-1, and obviously it fell apart there down the stretch. Were you surprised at all by McCarthy keeping his job? And then what is your read of the situation there in Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni? I guess I was a little surprised by the McCarthy thing, but not really. I kind of thought it was 50-50. I did think Jerry Jones, at his age, might be a little bit more impetuous and might want to uh, – it was such a bad loss that I thought he might react or overreact, depending, I guess, on your perspective, and try to bring somebody like Belichick in there. But I got to tell you, like, I don't think Jerry Jones wants to bring a guy like Belichick in because, number one, I think Belichick will want more control and power than Jerry Jones wants to give him. And also, if you bring Belichick in and then you go to the Super Bowl and win it, Jerry Jones isn't really going to get the credit. It's really going to go to Belichick. And he doesn't want that. I mean, let's be honest, he doesn't want that. Yeah. So, um, I'm okay with them keeping McCarthy. I know everybody else was kind of up in arms or whatever, but, you know, it was his first year calling the plays, and Dak was fantastic. The offense was awesome. Dak, I think, was second-team all-pro quarterback, top five in the MVP voting. I don't know that you want to just throw that away if you're the Cowboys. I mean, the biggest issue in the Packers game, none of them were good in the Packers game, but the biggest issue was really the defense and Dan Quinn getting lit up by Jordan Love. Plus, I don't think you should overreact to one game. I think the Eagles situation is a lot different. 
the Eagles were 10-1 and and had been the best team in pro football for about a year and a half. I thought they were the best team last year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. I thought they were the best team. And they're the best team the first 11 games this year. And then to totally collapse like that, anything can happen in a one-game situation with McCarthy. It's the seven-game situation with Sirianni that is concerning. I guess the fact that they haven't moved on from him yet leads me to believe he'll probably be there. And I, and I get that. He's, I don't know what, if and when he's met with Lurie or he's going to meet with Lurie, but he obviously has to present a plan for what he's going to do to make changes. My guess is that would probably entail two new coordinators. He is Ross Tucker, uh, again, always one of our favorites. Host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check him out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, one more, I guess, on the coaching cycle from me. Uh, right now, just New England. That's the only one we've seen filled. What would you consider the best opening of the whatever we got, seven or eight that are still open? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's the Chargers. Um and I say that anybody a close second. What's that? Anybody a close second? I guess Herbert's kind of you know the easy answer. Yeah, um, I think I got to think of all the ones that are open right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, Seattle, um, Tennessee, the Atlanta, Raiders, the Raiders, the Commanders, Panthers, um, Falcons. Yeah, I I guess out of the, the 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 close second might be the Commanders having the number two overall pick and a new ownership and a ton of cap space. But the reality is, if you look at all of these open jobs, what do they all have in common except for the Chargers? They don't have a top twenty quarterback. I mean, maybe you can say Geno Smith with the Seahawks is top twenty, but. Patriots don't, Falcons don't, Titans don't, Commanders don't. That's how you get fired. If you don't have a top 20 quarterback, you're not going to be able to have success, at least not over the long haul, and you're eventually going to get fired. I mean, that that's just the way it is. So I know that the Chargers have some cap issues, but I'd rather have cap issues and a known top 10 quarterback than have a lot of cap space and still be needing a quarterback because I don't care if you do have the number two overall pick. So, okay, let's say the commander's number two, the Patriots number three, they both take quarterbacks. Well, there's a pretty good chance that those guys don't work out. I mean, what is it? 50-50 maybe at best. So, you better get to C.J. Stroud, not the Bryce Young, if you want to keep your job. Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. Well, well said. Ross Tucker with us at Ross Tucker NFL, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He joins us here on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Looking at the games on Saturday, uh, uh, Ross, you know, you see nine and a half, ten point spreads. The Ravens favored big, as are the Niners. Uh, if there were, you know, in, in the games just on Saturday, if there were a team to win by 14, who would it be? Would it be the Niners or Ravens? And I guess overall, what do you make of those two games? Yeah, so I'll be in the booth tomorrow, uh, which is great because I can just drive down from central Pennsylvania to Baltimore. It's like an hour 15, which is amazing. Um, so I like when the Ravens are good. and have, Even though I work for the Eagles, I like when the Ravens are good and have home playoff games. <laughs> uh, that's, that's better for my family life. I can be home do, tonight. Do they, do, they have, do they have a good buffet spread in Baltimore? I know you always do the buffet spread. How's the spread before the game? Well, this is a great question. These are the important topics. Exactly. Um, and this is why everybody <laughs> needs to follow me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL because I actually do videos of the press box spread, which, by the way, I haven't been to Indianapolis in a long time. I love Indianapolis, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Um, There was a couple times I thought I might be going there this year, including Week 18, but it just didn't happen. At any rate, uh, Baltimore used to be top five. I feel like they've slipped. They're still in the top (laughs) half of the league. But some other teams around the league have really improved, and the Ravens, I feel like, have taken a small step back. But more importantly, guys, I was in the booth in 2019 when the Ravens were 14-2, and two, number one seed, 
and they lost in the divisional round their first playoff game to the Titans badly, 28-12. That's the Lamar MVP year. And what people don't realize is they didn't have crab cakes at halftime. Oh, well, there you go. I, I heard through the grapevine they were saving the crab cakes for the AFC Championship game. That's oh, the kiss of they, death. They touched the money, Ross. Oh, well, no. Listen, this is the thing. This is what people don't understand. Like, you have to decide as an organization, we're all in. There's nothing to prevent you from doing crab cakes in the divisional round and in the conference championship game. They thought that they could just save the crab cakes for the AFC Championship game, and it cost them dearly. I'm convinced. That's the big reason why they lost the Titans that night. <laughs> you know, people fantastic. are saying the Mark Andrews back in the lineup is such a big deal. No, no, no. Crab cakes in the press box will be the bigger deal coming up on Saturday. That's the first game tomorrow. It is Houston and Baltimore. Again, Ross Tucker is with us here, the Ross Tucker podcast. And you can follow him uh, on uh, the Ross Tucker football podcast. You can follow him on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Uh, Lions, Bills. That's where my heart is for the Super Bowl at this point. Ross, uh, how far-fetched do you think that is? Totally agree, by the way. That's the teams I'm rooting for without any hesitation. Now listen, it'd be nice if the Ravens won tomorrow because I'm on the sideline for AFC Championship games. That'd be nice again. But in terms of the Super Bowl, I want the Bills against the Lions so badly. First of all, as the five teams I played for, the Bills were by far my favorite. It was just, those people are awesome. Like, they just, they're so appreciative of having an NFL team. And it was kind of like my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania, just a little bit bigger. And it was just awesome, awesome. We would all hang out together at a dive bar or (laughs) get a keg and go to Bledsoe's house. It was incredible. So, big fan of Buffalo and those people. And they've been through so much the last few years. Uh, so that would be amazing. And then for the Lions fans, are you kidding me? Are you at 30 years? Are you kidding me for these people? Like, Lions Bills, they would both be so happy to be in the Super Bowl. And honestly, I would be like, I would want the Super Bowl to end in a tie. Like, like I'd be so happy for whoever would win that game. Um, I think I think they both have a chance, but... You know, they got to win. I think they have a decent chance to win Sunday. The Bills obviously have a tougher game, I think, against the Chiefs with how beat up the Bills are and how well the Chiefs' defense is playing. But then it'll be, it will be a tall task because we, I do think it'll be Detroit at San Francisco. And if the Bills win playing at Baltimore, that will not be easy. Hopefully one of them can win. I think it's probably doubtful that they both would get that done. That's a tie. It'll be Mafia versus the Fighting Dan Campbells and the Twelfth Man. Just bring them on the field. Well, I mean, just the, the Bills fans and then Dan wins. Campbell is yeah. so great at the quotes. It'd be fantastic on that. Ross, before we let you go, we're <laughs> less than a month away from Valentine's Ooh. Day. You've bailed out many of our listeners with a present or two at the last minute. Uh, care to share uh, how we can be bailed out again this year? Yeah. Well, listen. The thing is, is nobody. Uh, nobody knows what to get somebody for Valentine's Day. I mean, flowers and, like, chocolates. Are you kidding me? Do you think your significant other really wants chocolates? She does not. My wife would be like, what? You got me chocolate? And I know you probably take her out to dinner or maybe you go and uh, get her a gift card. Do something unique for once. Do something really cool and different. It's called myfrontpagestory.com. You literally talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes, tell them how great your significant other is, or just fill out an email if you want. They write the most unbelievable story, guys. Like, it it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed pictures of you and her and the kids if you have them. If you don't have kids, there's probably not pictures of kids, I'm going to (laughs) guess. But it looks amazing. Myfrontpagestory.com. Just being able to say to her, I wanted something special for you, hon, so I had a story written about you. It sounds like that. I mean, it, it sounds like you went out of your way to have one of the guys from the Indie Star write a cover story about your significant other. Amazing. And then when she reads it, here's the thing. I'm telling you guys right now, if you do this, make sure you say to them, I just never thank her enough for all the little things she does. Even if you can't think of one little thing that your wife or whoever does for you, just say that. 
Because when they read it, they cry. Every, oh, my gosh. He notices all the things I do. They cry every time. It's amazing. MyFrontPageStory.com. MyFrontPageStory.com. It is the Shane Steichen of Valentine's Day. Yet. How about that? How about that? I Ross like Tucker. That. Uh, Appreciate it, Ross. Safe travels That's down great. to Baltimore. More importantly, enjoy the press box spread. Crab cakes and football, Ross. Thank you for the time this morning. Yeah, make sure you guys are paying attention before the game at a halftime because if they don't, I'll ask the food services people if they have crab cakes at halftime. If they don't, you might want to hammer the taxes and the points <laughs> yeah. for the money line. A live yeah. bet, yeah. Right, CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, and Fair no enough. crab cakes. We're riding with the... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Texans there. <laughs> Thank you, Ross. See you guys. Yeah, stay safe out there. Roads slick. Uh, take it slow. Uh, roads weren't bad on our way in. Uh, keep it locked on Twitter to at, uh, at WIBC traffic. I have it up. It hasn't been too active this morning, KB, so it looks like maybe some of the people learned their lessons. <laughs> From what day was it? Was it Tuesday or Wednesday we came in here? We limped in here. What it was day was Tuesday, the snow I day? I don't even remember. Tuesday. It was, was it Tuesday? Black ice and everything, yeah. Yeah, Ugh. and again, that list kind of growing a little bit as the morning moves along. I think particularly northern parts to the state got a lot more snow which yeah. is kind of the norm there and uh we'll have to ask rake if he's seen any cancellations yeah, so well, far let, in high school yeah scene. let's do that let's get him going here on the Payless liquors hotline he moved for us and we appreciate it greg rakesford joins us here on this friday good morning rake and i guess that would be the question i would start with uh any early thoughts on uh cancellations or how this may affect high school sports coming up tonight well, first of all, isn't Ross Tucker the moving guard? Shouldn't he move for me? Like, somebody's going to pull and lead block. I guess he is leading for me. Then don't work that analogy works just fine. Then, uh, in terms of the cancellations, I'm sure we'll have them in the northern and southern third of the state. I think most of the schools around here are on a two-hour delay, which means that they will play. And Andy, again, as a longtime Southern Indiana native. I need to introduce you to the gradient of snow and the O-blank factor on the roads sure. as you go like south to north in the state of Indiana. So, you know, if there's two inches of snow, southern Indiana shuts down for three days. All them hills, man. You, you, can't, you can't get <laughs> it's them so clean. True. It's so true. Air, air, everybody stays home. Here in the Indianapolis area, as long as it doesn't, like, do the polar plunge and drop to 20 below after six inches of snow – it's going to be like a slow-going day to get around. By the next day, we're going to be fine. And then the folks in northern Indiana make fun of us <laughs> because basically, unless it's a foot of snow, they're going to school and they're used to it. So they're very much as a north to south looking sure. down at your nose oh, yeah. in terms of how people in the state can handle snow issues. Well, two things about that. The southern part of uh, Indiana got more snow than here. They got three, four inches of snow last night, so they're definitely feeling it. That's oh, the, they're going Yeah, they're done. They're going to shut it down until yeah. next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. They ain't doing nothing down there. <laughs> and, and it, just forget traveling south of US 50 for the rest of the weekend. Fair enough. It's, it's done. In, in, the, in the second one, when I moved, uh, I moved to the southern part of Indiana when I was 10 years old, Rake, and I moved from western New York. So the scenes in Buffalo, I laugh at because like literally I would have to go to school when that when that sort of snow was going on and I moved when I moved to Indiana I remember getting a brushing of an inch of snow and getting the day off and I remember thinking this is fantastic this is the best place I've ever moved in my life I get snow off every time it snows so so there we now, go this was this was obviously a, a serious snowstorm but you may have seen this popping on timelines or remembrances and things like that Yesterday was the 30-year anniversary of the coldest temperature ever recorded in the state of Indiana. It was New Whiteland, 36 below zero, January 18th of 1994. That was the MLK yep. Day blizzard across the state. It wasn't blizzard of 78, but it's probably like one of the next two or three biggest storms since that time. And it was like six inches to a foot of snow, and then... The temperature dropped for you know 30, 40 degrees and was like that for the next week. 
we basically in Lanesville called off school on Wednesday for the rest yep. of the week. <laughs> we, we got it was two, like, we got two we're weeks not off. Fix this. Yeah, uh, we'll see y'all Monday, but we think we can beat North Harrison on Friday night. We're gonna play our basketball game Friday night because they suck, and we can beat them for the first time in twelve years, and we did. But but classes were canceled for the rest of the week until Monday, and then if you didn't, that was my senior year of high school. If you didn't uh, miss like more than a class that semester. You didn't have to go for the last week of school. That was glorious. God, that is glorious. It's the good old days. That is absolutely. Were you the valedictorian rake at Lanesville? I was. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought this was part of That's our great. drive up to Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago there. Yeah, I was trying to change this up. Actually, I think I was a month ago. <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I want to make sure I couch this like I did not lead no, into. No, no, well, no. You know, Kevin, by the way, I was a valedictorian at Lanesville High School. You know, that was not like it kind of came up in casual conversation. This was not, you know, led into, hey, here are things you need to know about me while oh. I have you captive in this bar <laughs> for two and a half hours. I, I bring that up, Ray, because I would also like to list some other accolades. We've totally dropped the ball with Craig Gregstraw here on this Friday morning. First off, we asked him to move uh-huh. to 8.30. By the way, third and one, there's no one else I'd want more than Rake there over Ross Tucker, who played for, what, five NFL teams. Secondly, folks, this is the Indiana Sportscaster yeah. of the Year. Yeah, there we go. You know what? Craig Gregstraw, Indiana Sportscaster we, of the we Year, talked totally to, dropped the ball. We talked about it on Monday or Tuesday, and in my mind, I'm thinking we already talked to Rake about that. I no. should have led with that. No, That's we should have led. Mark, we should have oh, had playing no. music. Rake, I oh. apologize, oh. and I say in all Boy, seriousness, <laughs> no one more deserving. Well, first of all, thank you. But secondly, dude, it's been, you've been a lot of ground to cover this week. It's been a long week. Pascal Siakam trade. You're staying up late to talk about the Pacers intelligently. So you're operating on, on even less sleep than normal. That was all of three days ago. That's like three years ago in today's news cycle. So I appreciate that. And and no sweat for not having any sort of, you know, regal sounding intro music for me to welcome me with like people throwing rose petals at my feet on the segment. I, it, it, it's oh, not necessary. I got that out of my system 48 hours ago. We're good. Thank you, Mark, for this. <laughs> it's never too late, right, to celebrate Greg Gregstraw. Okay. Victorian yeah. as well. We got to, you know, right. Play of right. course, I will say this, Rick. Before we move on, um, I thought it was very fitting that you know, not only obviously you, Indiana Sportscaster of the Year, but Kyle Menrith, Indiana Sports yep. Writer of the Year. I, I, in this market, we're just so damn lucky to have you two um, with the commitment you guys have to high school preps, and certainly you are much more than just that. Uh, but Kyle's done it. I mean, hell, really, since I've you know been in high school. Uh, just an unbelievable job that both of you do. So thank you for that. And honestly, I, I think and I hope I speak for a lot of our listeners in saying that. Well, I appreciate that. And I am as equally thrilled for Kyle. And uh, I literally, um, I, I had known about that I was going to win the award for a couple of a couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, things like that, you're like, hey, we're going to announce that this, they keep it quiet. All right, fine. So I told, like, you know, only like 25 or 30 people. No, you didn't uh, tell me on the drive up to South Bend. <laughs> I didn't know it that soon. It was oh. a couple of weeks after, sometime in between. Um, but I didn't know that Kyle had won the Sports Writer Award. So I literally like, called him when I saw the tweet immediately and congratulated him. And the joke is, is that if you see Kyle at the same basketball game, it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, and so um, that's like the, the, the ultimate thing for me. I know the level of quality of the award if he's winning the companion sports writer award because I, I, I don't think anybody owns a beat in this state the way that he does. He's phenomenal. So I am, I am thrilled to have my name next to his in, in terms of the uh, honors from the NSMA. Well, congrats on that. Shifting gears, you brought up Pascal Siakam. If there's someone in this state that has seen a Siakam play more <laughs> basketball than myself, that would be me watching my good friend Sean Esposito play for the Jags You know, over a decade ago. It would be you. For our audience out there that has no idea what I'm talking about, share your one degree of separation with Pascal Siakam's family. So his older brother Christian played for us at IUPUI, and it is a tremendous story. The Siakams are all from Cameroon. Uh, they all played prep basketball uh, at different places here in the United States. I think I have this correct, so feel free to fact check me. Um, Boris played at Western Kentucky. He actually played high school basketball in Kentucky and was a Kentucky All-Star. Um, Christian played at New Harmony Prep where we recruited two or three players out of the Cincinnati area. 
And then Christian came to play for us for five years, and he is one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. Uh, you know, fan of his basketball game, I'm a much bigger fan of Christian Siakam as a person. And if as a side note to this trade, I get to hang out with that dude more often, um, Pacers won the trade and I won the trade. All of us IUPUI guys won the trade because Christian will be around. Right. James, I love I watching Siakam in the post. Go. Siakam had great footwork in the post for a big, much bigger, I mean wider than Pascal. But right. I loved when IUPUI would throw it into him and he would, you know, show his array of moves. Yeah, Christian's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and clearly he took Pascal's food as a kid because uh, Christian's <laughs> a little thicker. Um, but but his his game was the mid range game. You know he was he was what would now he didn't really have a three point shot back then. I'm sure if he's coming up these days he would have. But he was kind of the 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 sort of stretch four. If you played a zone, he was the zone buster in the middle. He was the guy that would roam from bounce from from block to elbow and find a way to knock down a a 15 foot jump shot. I think James played at Vanderbilt and Pascal played at New Mexico State. And obviously Pascal is the most talented of the group to be one of the best players in the NBA, if, at least in the top 10 to 20. And now he joins the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see him play. Maybe that's tonight in Portland. Greg Rakesraw with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. I know it's a few days ago. And listen, I, I know a couple weeks ago you kind of scolded me about asking about IU, but Purdue and Indiana did play uh, in Purdue with the blowout win there in Bloomington. What did you take away from that matchup a couple days ago? I didn't mean to scold you. That I'm was kidding. kind of my jab yeah, I'm uh, at, at, at Indiana University. And again, um, you know, for for me criticizing Indiana, let's acknowledge what they did well last year: beat Purdue twice. Yep. Um, clearly, that stuck in that stuck in Purdue's mind. And if if Purdue was able to return the favor in Bloomington to avenge one misstep from last year. That potentially bodes very well for March. If losing to Indiana twice motivates you to win by 21 in Assembly Hall, think of what then that leads to in first round, second round potentially. I hope that is a direct line of of correlation of success for Purdue because, again, I want to see them be successful in March. I want to see them play in April in the final four. So uh, again, no, no need to keep bagging on IU. Clearly this is a team that, that has some issues and some roster construction flaws. And there's probably some questions that kind of need to be asked at the end of this season uh, at IU. Uh, but uh, good on for good on Purdue, especially after having a not so great performance against Nebraska, you know, a handful of days before that. He's Greg Rakestraw, uh, the Indiana Sportscaster of the Year, and a man of all jack of trades. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rake, there's no real easy transition, and I think you echo probably the same thing on my end. Um, certainly, you hope for the best for Jim Ertze and what he's dealing yeah. with right now. From a health standpoint, I wanted to kind of shift it in a bit of a different direction because I think this is a popular question I've gotten here in recent days and weeks. You know, People have wondered, you know, what is the Colts organization like? if Jim Mersey is not around. And I don't want to sound like Jim Mersey is never around, but I, I think it's fair to say, like, from a Carly Ursay standpoint, I don't know, 90-some percent of the decisions, she and Pete Ward, uh, the COO for the organization, they are probably largely making. Sure, Jim comes in and, and, and you know, has say for the big moments, whether it's Shane Steichen hiring and signing off on that or, you know, certainly the big financial decisions. But I, I guess I was just... You know, kind of want to give fans a little bit of a glimpse from a day-to-day operational standpoint again Carly Ursay the oldest daughter and Pete Ward the COO I'd venture to guess they are making well over 90 percent of those sorts of decisions you keep on trucking is is is, is the answer for the Colts um, and frankly the way things played out at the end of 2022 has not been the norm for Jim Ursay starting with the hiring of Bill Pullian in early 1998 it has been I'm going to hire good people on the field and off the field. And I'm going to let them do their job. I'll certainly make my opinion known, um, but I'm going to put my faith in the people that I have entrusted to do good work. Um, and clearly, Chris Ballard from a football operations standpoint. You reference Pete Ward and so many other people um, you know, on the non-football standpoint or non-day-to-day football operations standpoint. So 
again, concern number one is making sure Jim st- Jim takes care of himself and continues fighting this fight that obviously he's been fighting uh, with kind of different flashpoints over the course of the last quarter century, if not longer. Um, but in terms of the day-to-day operations of the Colts, I don't think there's that big of an impact just because, again, there is such a good structure with good people in place that the organization will keep on rolling the fashion which it has for a long time. What's the weekend slate look like for you? So Pike and Carmel tonight, uh, IUPUI coming off their biggest win of the year and winning at Purdue-Fort Wayne on Wednesday night. We take on uh, not Colts linebacker, but someone who had a school named after them, Rob Morris, uh, tomorrow at noon. Uh, And then it will be uh, Westfield and Tri-West tomorrow night at 7.30. So I get to congratulate Pacers GM Chad Buchanan in person on the job well done on the uh, Siakam trade from earlier this week. Okay, that, that leads me to one more. I like the Westfield story because I like Chad Buchanan, super nice dude. I love that one of the best golfers in the state, Will Harvey, is also one of their best players. Tell me more, uh, more about the big kid who transferred from Oak Hill. Is this the Oak Hill? I, I, I would love to know more on this front. So, uh, frankly, I'm going to start prepping them this afternoon. Uh, you're talking about Nick Book? Is that your reference? Yeah, right? He's like 6'8". Something like that? Correct. And that, that has made them one of the best teams in the state. You know, for, for a while, we've had four unbeaten teams at the top end of 4A. Richmond was unbeaten, too. New Pal beat them on Tuesday night. Cathedral lost for the first time to Garen Catholic a handful of days ago. So now it's three. It's Fishers, it's Westfield, it's Lawrence North. We, as an ISC, had Westfield uh, to open the season at Kokomo. I have not seen them yet this year. So, again, uh, Chad's son, Trey Buchanan, is a third-year varsity player, potentially an Indian all-star level guard. Um, you know, we'll see what, what, what college plan is going to look like for him, but a really good high school player. But the addition of Book it basically changes their dynamic. They graduated a 6'5 post in Alex Romack, who's now playing for the Division II level out in Colorado, graduated off, off of a good team last year. That kid's addition makes Westfield a completely different team. I do probably think it's, it's Fishers and LN and then a slight gap to Westfield, but you get to mid-January and you're undefeated against the schedule they play, you're pretty damn good yourself. So I'm looking forward to seeing them myself for the first time this year tomorrow night. Right. Congrats, man. No one better. You deserve it. And uh, as always, enjoy these co- these Friday conversations with you. I appreciate you guys. And Andy, again, no need to make a panic run for milk and bread. We're going to get through this snowstorm. We'll make it together. Indiana just fine. Great, great straw. Go get my beer, though. The Indiana Sportscaster of the Year. Never leave the beer, Dyke, and you're good on that. Go go, go sock it on beer. You're weak down an hour. Beer is before bread and eggs. I'm good on that. I want to ask you. Kevin Bowen, the same thing I asked Ross Tucker as we transitioned to NFL. Ravens are favored by nine and a half, ten points. Niners favored by nine and a half, ten points. If one of those teams were to cover and win by a couple touchdowns, which one do you think it is? Yeah, I think it'd be San Francisco. Yeah, I, I actually think Houston can be pretty competitive. Again, these teams met in the opener. You remember Baltimore just sacked C.J. Stroud a million times. A lot has changed, of course, for Houston in the positive direction. I think there's more pressure on the Lamar Jackson angle to it. Now, I like Baltimore. I think getting Mark Andrews back, I think their wideout core is much improved from past years. But I do think Houston can keep this interesting. Uh, I have been skeptical of San Francisco in the past. and then Is that because of Purdy? Uh, probably. And yeah. then they've laughed at me every time. Yeah. And, and I, I just am done doing that. I, I, you know, I've always really been a Jordan Love guy. Um, the arm talent I, probably is a little bit of like you foam at the mouth when you watch that. Um, so that's a little bit of it. And I mean, what they did last week, we, we probably, we, we've laughed at Dallas so much. We haven't given the credit Green Bay deserves. Andy, Green Bay had no, no pro bowlers. Youngest team in the NFL. If you look at the teams with no yeah. no Pro Bowlers, they're drafting one, two, three, and then <laughs> yeah, it's Green Bay. They're called the New York Giants. <laughs> like, no. That is damn impressive what they did. Dallas didn't lose at home all year. Well, they dominated the whole game. Like, you they know, had multiple they, facets. It wasn't just yeah, they ran. Offense. They ran the ball. Aaron Jones had his best game. The wide receivers looked great. I, again, we're foaming at the mouth for a different reason than maybe poor Mark Dykton is foaming at the mouth. I, I would... I would agree with you. I think besides the Texans staying close, I do think the Ravens win. 
you know, Lamar Jackson's one in three. And sometimes, you know, you get off to a slow start. You've been sitting, you know, you sat guys week 18. Then you got a couple weeks off with the bye. Um, do you believe in that? No I think that Humphrey, would be my question. Right? Their top corner is out. And they bring back Mark Andrews, which is a huge deal. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the finer players in the NFL. Uh, I wanted to say that the Texans get blown, you know, got, you know, they're going to get blown out here. I don't feel that way. I think the Ravens win. I think the Niners will be. I like this uh, music. Will, will be too much. I do too. I like Chris Berman. We're in the NFL Films vault right now. No, I, but the, the Tom thing with Jackson the, and Berman about ready to walk in studio. Man, Real quick, the thing with the Packers too is like who Jordan Love is throwing to. Like if that group of wide receivers was on the Colts roster, people would be like, "That's roster malpractice." Like look, Romeo Dobbs right, and uh, right. you know Jane all these Reed. guys, yeah, these guys you've never heard of, and they were like six to seven yards open every time they threw it down the down the field. It was it was crazy impressive. Yeah, I said to Ross Tucker we had him on earlier. Lions, Bills, boy, that Ugh. is the feel good nature for me. Um, again, the Saturday games are the one seeds, as Andy said. It'll be the Ravens hosting the Texans. It'll be the 49ers hosting the Packers, and then we get to Sunday, three o'clock, uh, Detroit. Uh, I, as much as I hate that city for so many reasons, <laughs> sports related, non sports related, uh, I can't wait to see the Lion fan base react to this one. Uh, it'll be Tampa Bay at three o'clock, and then Chiefs Bills at six thirty. This is the smallest spread of the weekend. The Bills favored by two and a half for the first time in this matchup of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It is in Western New York in the playoffs. What do you think about that line? Oh, boy. I, I'm not touching the line with the Bills and Chiefs, although if you look at any you know sharp on the internet or whatever, it seems as if everybody loves Kansas City Mahomes in this game. Mahomes is getting points. Mahomes is getting points. You know, they got the better defense. The Bills are so injured. If the Bills weren't injured, it'd be different. I, I happen to think Josh Allen and the Bills – they, they're the team, and I know they have injuries. They're the team that has the most pressure on them this weekend. That's how I view it. Uh, this game has always been on the road for them. It's at home. They are, you know, come on. They're the hottest team right now in the NFL. Josh Allen in the playoffs, winning a game like this, uh, beating Pat Mahomes, going to the AFC, hosting uh, perhaps, maybe, who knows, uh, the AFC championship game. Uh, to me, it's that. Going back, the only question I would have, I'm picking the Lions. If if the Bucks win, what do we do with Baker Mayfield? Like, what do you do if you're the Bucks with Baker Mayfield? Can you imagine? Todd I think you bring him back. Baker Mayfield and company in the like, NFC title. He, he game. was a toss away. He was ah, uh, you know, one year we talked about. Wasn't he a Panther at one point? Yeah. Oh yeah, and they a, didn't use him. Yeah, he was a Panther. I mean, he is. He's been a discarded player in the NFL for the most part for the last several years. And, like, I don't know. Do you bring him back on a on a three-year deal, on a two-year deal with some sort of option? What do you do with Baker Mayfield? You just can't toss him aside. You know, we talked to them oh, about them drafting high in 20s. the draft. Yeah. I mean, how old is Baker? He can't be more than what? 28? 20, yeah, I was going to say 27, 28, yeah, right? So it's I mean, I'll like, look that know, up, but... He's walking up the 17th hole or something along those But, I mean, lines. this was a discarded sure, one-year sure. rental-type player, and now you're sitting around saying he's 28 years old. Yeah, like he's 28, like, he'll be 29 in yeah, April. Yeah, like you're sitting around saying, hey, do we want to sign this guy to a you know to, to a long-term contract? You know, Bill's Chiefs is obviously really fascinating. You know, I, I think the, is this Peyton Brady sort of vibe to it? Is this Peyton's moment for Josh Allen... I feel like that analogy works and it doesn't work. You know, where it works is, yeah, you know, Buffalo's not gotten over the playoff hump. That's pretty obvious. But where it doesn't work is, you know, and Colts fans probably don't want to remember this, but, you know, the Patriots dominated the Colts Mm -hmm. for a while there. It was like six straight wins, and it was, Andy, some of those games weren't even close. I know. And then right around 2005, 2006, of course, is where things started to turn. Buffalo has won the last two meetings with Kansas City. So, again, it's not the exact same. I understand why people make the analogy. And sure, Josh Allen probably feels more of the Peyton vibe to it, but it's not the exact same thing. Having said that, you know, again, to get them at home, you cannot take that for granted, especially when, hell, in Week 18, it looked like you might not even make the playoffs there. So, uh, cannot wait. You know, for divisional round weekend, and just pray we don't get the duds that we got. I mean, last weekend, I know all the, I know all the, you know, CBS and ESPN. Everyone has put out there. It's the most watched game since yada yada. But those were bad. Okay, so are we all clean sweep on the Ravens then? Yeah, I think so. Clean sweep on the 49ers? Yeah, I I do think the Texans can make that interesting. But you're still taking the Ravens. Uh huh. 
But what's that line? It's almost 10, right? Yeah, it's nine so, and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, both of those are right around 10. And it's then, a massive spread. I'll, I'll go Lions-Bills then to round it out on, on Sunday. I guess yeah, I'm going all, here. All, I'm going chalk at home. <laughs> oh, same God, here. We're, all, we're all going chalk? I know. We're no all one's, the same. No one's going bad. to Chiefs? It's terrible it's analysis. Disaster. Well, I should go Kansas City, but I, the two things. I, the heart might... I, I guess kind why, of. Why, why aren't you? I mean, I we picked, all could share I picked, the because, why. But. Because I picked the Bills because. on our, on the on the uh, the fan graphic, and I want to be right. <laughs> it's just that and Kansas City's wide out. And can't and Kansas. I know too many Chiefs fans. Like enough, they've had enough. Well, this is a bunch enough. of hard. What about some head it's, stuff? No, no. I got. Well, that's where I go. That's where I go to. I tell you, if there was one, let me backtrack. If there was one, if the Ravens show up, I could see the Texans. Losing by by fourteen in that game and saying, "Good job, young men. You had a good season, uh, but the big boys are here in the AFC and we're the Baltimore Ravens." That would be the one where I say, "Eh, I could see nine and a half being okay." I just think at some point the Chiefs, the, the drop passes and everything, it's got to catch up to them. And yeah, I they think don't if they, catch the ball. I think if they didn't well, play Buffalo the Dolphins, does have some injuries. Oh no, Buffalo has tons of injuries. Their defense. I mean, they have a couple. I don't know who's going to be their starting linebacker core. I on, will say what's Sunday. unique about Buffalo and Kansas City in this cycle is like. They both have a running back. They both have a run game. I mean, James mm-hmm. Cook was huge for them yeah. last week, and it's been great for them this yeah. season. Finally kind of you know, reaching that stage of where they drafted him. And Pacheco for the Chiefs. Yeah, I just love how angry he runs. Yeah, no Jerick McKinnon for them. Uh, we have to remember that. I need to look up Diggs' numbers as well. But I think we're all just we're going chalk. I, I, don't, I don't And Gabe Davis, didn't he miss last week's game? His availability, yeah, I think will certainly Chalk's matter. Chalk's not going to hit. It's just not. It did. You well, know, we almost got chalk in round one, I, right? I, I know, which was crazy. Five and six, crazy from a home I game. I was stunned by it. Standpoints.